Well, my friends, um, no matter how much changes, some things never change. In particular, standing here, um, I can see that our number went up from 10 o'clock from like 45 to I think right now we're at 62. Um, so the pastor always notices the people that wander in late. Um, but that's okay because it's YouTube. So you can just start over again uh, or catch up what you miss on like a, a mass in person. And also I can't see who it is. I just see the number. So um, maybe that's a little bit of a blessing there. Today is Laetare Sunday and the church tells us to rejoice. Rejoice Jerusalem. Uh, that's why we wear the color uh, pink or rose uh, as a sign that the purple, the deep purple, which has been marking our Lenten fast, is a little bit uh, lightened today. Like, let's lighten up a little bit. Let's rejoice. Our Lord is coming. And so uh, we today can take this, and in particular, those of us who are stuck at home, who are afraid, who are worried, who are worried for our health, who are worried for our jobs, for healthcare and emergency personnel who are uh, exhausted and trying the best they can to help those entrusted to their care, to our government officials, uh, to all, the church says today, but rejoice in the Lord, that we all have to do our part whether that's through uh, staying home and staying safe, or whether that's through um, being of essential services and continuing to aid those who need assistance, um, that ultimately we all need to find our joy above all in the Lord. The Lord is the cause for our joy. But our Lord, the joy that our Lord gives us is not, um, it's not a shallow joy. It's not like a giggly type um, Pollyannish joy. you know, whatever. Uh, No, no, rather, it's a deep and abiding joy. And the joy of the Lord ultimately comes from worshiping the Lord, and we come to know the Lord in particular and rejoice in Him in His holy cross. The pall, which is the cardboard white thing that covers the chalice, uh, used both here in the chapel and the one I use in the church, says um, something that St. Jose Maria Escriva used to uh, write in the Ordo, the calendar for Masses, in Laetitia Nula Diaz, Sine cruce. I know I've said this a number of times. In Laetitia, nulla dies sine cruce. Uh, in rejoicing, the same word used letare for today's Sunday, not a single day without the cross, without rejoicing in the cross, um, that we rejoice ultimately in the cross. Because in the cross, we're brought to and conformed to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We see this in particular with the man in the parable, to, not the parable, in the story Recounting John's Gospel. Now, this is a long gospel. It's maybe one of the longest ones of the year. It's the entire ninth chapter of John's Gospel. So if you want to read it, you can't remember where exactly it is in the Bible. It's a whole chapter. It's all of chapter 9. And we get this man who's born blind. And you just think, like, this poor guy probably would have, like, many of us could think maybe it'd be better off if Jesus just left him alone. Right? Because what happens? Uh, He gets here. He was blind from birth. And our Lord heals him and praise God. But then his trouble begins. That first the people are like, who's that? Like, you used to be sitting and begging. Who are you? What? No, you can't be that guy. You're not that guy that we saw there because that guy was blind. No, I am. So who, what do they do? They drag him to the Pharisees. Now, he's never, that's never a fun visit. Um, and so they drag him to the Pharisees and the Pharisees start interrogating him. And so now he's in trouble with the local authorities and um, all because she's put clay on his eyes. So, you know, they're accusing our Lord. He says, I don't know. I don't know what he did. He put clay on my eyes. I washed in the water. I was blind from birth. Now I can see. And I think, yeah, he's probably a prophet or something. So uh, the Jews weren't okay with that. They didn't even believe he was blind. Um, they were so doubtful. And so they call his parents. And his parents come in. His family comes in. Here's a man who's beginning... Um, to 
see our Lord. He's beginning to awaken. And they call him his parents. And his parents basically reject him. It's, no, we don't want to get in trouble with the Pharisees, so ask him. He'll tell you. Like, we don't, uh, keep us out of this. His parents, instead of defending him, instead of supporting him, they're, for, forget it, ask him. He's of age, he's an adult, let him deal with his own problems. Uh, and that's his parents um, reject him. So then the Pharisees call him back and uh, they, they examine him some more and they question him and they, um, they, they're insulting to him. You were born utterly in sin. Um, and then eventually they throw him out of the synagogue. So now he's been cast out. Uh, his family has pretty much left him to go. The people that regularly knew him don't even believe it's him. And now he's been cast out of all religious worship. Uh, cast out of the synagogue, which in a theocratic society is societal life. Um, this guy who our Lord just saw and healed uh, has had nothing but trouble since. And, but ultimately then he encounters our Lord. After all of this struggle, uh, encounters our Lord. Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Ah, uh, you have seen him. The one who is speaking with you is he. Uh, he said, I do believe, Lord. And he worshipped him. Right? And this is it. The cross can lead us to true uh, worship. It can lead us to an encounter with the living God. John's gospel, uh, there's only seven miracles, if you include the resurrection in John's gospel. And um, they're thought to as well be symbolism in a certain way of um, the seven sacraments. And this one today, I believe reading it, we can see and hear the sacrament of baptism. That here's someone who was born in darkness and in sin, as we were all born in the darkness of original sin. Um, but he, Jesus anoints him as someone is anointed uh, with the oil of catechumens before being baptized. Uh, and then he's told to wash in the pool, right? So there's the water and he's, he washes. Uh, and that he says, I was in darkness, um, that, but now he, he sees the light. He, he's opened, his eyes have been opened. And we who have been darkness, who were in darkness, who were apart from the Lord, through our baptism, were brought to light. But the path of Christianity is the cross, that we are conformed to our Lord in the cross. And so uh, we suffer, we suffer um, for our faith. Maybe it's our friends. Are like, you're not the same person anymore. That's not you anymore. You, you, I've given my life more and more to our Lord. Well, who are you? You're not the same person. You're not the same person that went out partying with us. You're not the same person who told the same inappropriate jokes. You're not the same person. Uh, who are you now being so pious, right? Trying to give your life over to the Lord. And then, um, as well, our families, man, forget it. I don't want anything to do with this. I don't, uh, how much is that the case with people who strive to grow in holiness? I don't want anything to do with you. You're of age, fine. You do your thing, but not in my house. I don't want to do anything about the, you know, um, that we are, we're, our families maybe don't throw us out, but they kind of, they don't want to get involved and we feel rejected in a way with that. And then even sometimes um, as we strive to grow in holiness, we find through our institutions and Sadly, even through um, the church, we find some kind of rejection. We find uh, that sometimes even in the church, our desires, saints are often not liked by the institutional church. Um, some are, some aren't. I think Padre Pio said, if you're going to be a saint, you have to suffer as much from the church as for the church. And so sometimes in striving to grow in holiness, 
even um, we have difficulties. Maybe we feel let down. I mean, maybe in this time we feel let down that uh, at least here in Connecticut, our churches, our, the buildings can still be open for people to pray. I just got a text message from a friend on another side of the world saying the government's ordering all their churches closed and the churches are kind of complying. And so maybe we feel let down that we don't even have a place to pray. Um, but ultimately, it's about the encounter with the Lord, that we come to our Lord Jesus, that we see him, that we worship him, um, that we, we say to him, we have that beautiful conversation with him. Even in this time when we're separated by distance and watching Mass on YouTube is not the same, it's absolutely not the same as being present at the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Making a spiritual communion is not the same, it's absolutely not the same as actually receiving the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But today the church calls us to rejoice in Laetitia, nulla dies sine cruce, not a single day without rejoicing in the cross. And so in this time of difficulty and struggle, if our own growth and holiness is causing difficulty and struggle in our lives, and maybe sometimes we're tempted to think it'd be better off if we never met, met this Jesus person. Well, then today, no. The cross leads to true holiness. This cross in our lives right now can lead us to true and lasting holiness. And so we ask our Lord um, to strengthen us. And we turn as well to our mother, the Blessed Virgin Mary, who walked along the way of the cross with her son, to help us carry the cross with, our, with her son. So that we as Christians, true Christians, disciples of Christ, that we may truly rejoice every day, rejoicing in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ.